Our next talk is, is uh, Stas, who is waking up. He is in Europe um, and joining us from early morning. Um, I think it's 5 a.m. or a little after 5 a.m. So he's getting up early uh, to talk to us. Um, Stas is going to be talking about storytelling as a strategic tool for guiding industrial research. Good morning, Stas. Thank you. Yes, Colleen from Stockholm. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Thank you for getting up early and thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Nice so to be here. Are, yeah, and we are ready when you are ready. All right, you're welcome. Uh, so, yeah, good morning, I guess, to, to maybe one or two of us, but uh, good afternoon to everyone else. Uh, as Steve mentioned, uh, I'm Stas Krapinia, and I'm uh, the head of the research office at Scania. If you've not heard of Scania before, we're probably most well known for, the, for our range of trucks and buses and engines. Uh, however, as I'll come to in, in just a little while, we're currently undergoing a transformation and are increasingly delivering sustainable transport systems. Um, also, as Steve mentioned a little earlier at the start of this session, we have a bit of a theme happening here. So I'm going to follow on from Christopher's uh, presentation, or follow on to some extent, and continue with the topic of storytelling. And more specifically, I'll explain how we're using this to guide our entire industrial research portfolio. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll actually like start right at the end. And uh, I'll get straight to the point. And the end story is that uh, where storytelling is typically used to develop and sell a product or service, we're using storytelling to develop and sell our entire research portfolio. And our research portfolio is worth in the range of uh, 70 to 80 million Australian dollars. We have about 150 ongoing projects in the portfolio right now. And this includes smaller, uh, fully internal funded projects, you know, a few months long, uh, includes industrial PhDs. It also includes nationally and EU funded projects, which you know, three or four or maybe five years long. Uh, so when we talk about our research portfolio, this is the the size of the portfolio, and this is uh, and we're using storytelling as a well as a way to sell this. That sounds a little mysterious, but it will all become clearer in just a few minutes. Uh, and as I mentioned, Scania is probably most well known for our trucks and buses. And you can see a picture of one of our trucks in this slide. But I also mentioned we're undergoing a transformation. Uh, and so as we're going forward, in fact, this is a journey we started a couple of years ago already, uh, Scania is aiming to be, and you could argue that it is already a world leading provider of uh, transport solutions. And together with our customers and our partners, we are driving this shift towards a more sustainable future or towards sustainable transport systems. And uh, when we talk about our uh, customers, that's kind of clear who that is. But when we talk about our partners, I'll come back to this to a very small extent, but we here refer to um, universities, we refer to uh, research institutes or haulage operators or uh, cities or regions or other governmental authorities. As we try and push forward a more sustainable society, we realize that uh, Scania as an organization, we need to co-develop this with other stakeholders in society. And that is something that we are really trying to do and we are doing rather successfully. 
All of that is a little to the side, but it's just here to explain the complexity of the world in which we operate. Uh, and how do we start to push forward on our ambitions of this more sustainable future? Well, I'm going to present some organizational information on how we're structured here. This, of course, is a very simplified representation of a part of the organization. This is industrial operations, which includes about uh, slightly more than 20,000 people in industrial operations. And I'm just going to point out a few things here. Uh, on the one side, we have um, the part of the organization that develops the solutions. Historically, you could say that this is the R&D part of the organization, and it's split into four key areas, powertrain, electrification, the vehicle design itself, and software. So they develop the vehicle, they create the solution. Oh, sorry, not the vehicle, they develop the product uh, and they create the solutions. Then we have the support organization. That's actually where I am in the research office. And we try and support the rest of the organization with their research activities. And then we have purchasing, they buy bits and pieces, logistics who plan for primarily the production. And then we have the production that, that make the things. And I'm going to focus primarily now or almost exclusively on the development part of the organization. So, of course, we have a whole lot of money to uh, develop solutions and some percent, you know, seven, eight, nine percent of the budget is dedicated to research activities. So this small orange section here is about proportionals, how much we spend on research. So we have our mission as an organization, sustainable transport systems. We have the development teams. Some of this money is spent on research. And when I say research, I mean something quite specific. I'm not talking about the product development. I'm not talking about even the concept development. I'm talking about the activities that happen before that. You can conceptualize this as these research projects that I mentioned earlier, which are primarily there to build up knowledge or competence, or maybe create solutions on the lower technology readiness level. I come back to this a little bit later, but I'll just highlight here that in the research office, we're supporting the development teams with their research activities. And with research, we are not referring to product or concept development, but something happens before that. Uh, so a little hint of what we're trying to do with research and the support in the research office, but I'm going to dive a little deeper into our ambitions in the research office. And within the research office, our vision is to have an inspired and enabled organization with evolving competencies and technology capabilities that are able to tackle long-term transformational business challenges. And our mission is to proactively support and carry out these adjacent and transformational research and innovation activities together with our colleagues and the transport ecosystem. What I'm saying here, you, you will hopefully notice some flow on what I've said before, working together with our partners and customers uh, but there are some new words here that I want to focus on, uh, specifically transformational and adjacent research. Um, and we can plot the kind of activities our research office supports on these two dimensions that you see in front of you. Horizontal axis, we have a time perspective, short, medium, and long times. And on the vertical axis, we have uh, development of products and solutions or products and services and their proximity to what we offer now. So at the lowest level here, we have our core solutions or products or services we offer now. And then slightly above that, we have 
adjacent areas. So this is when we're expanding into new business areas or new company. And at the very top, we have transformational activities. And this is breaking through into markets that don't yet exist. And you can see where our priorities are in the research office. It's up there in that adjacent and transformational space over the medium and long term. It's not exclusively where we are, but it's where we focus. So Scania has an ambition to be a leader in sustainable transport solutions. We have these development teams and us in the research office are there to support those research activities. So the activities in the adjacent and transformational space to support the organization over the medium and long term. Okay, <clears throat> so this is our ambition, it's for our vision and mission, you know where the company is heading. And in the research office, we have a number of different stakeholders that we are specifically trying to provide value for. You see that in front of you now. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, at the top of uh, our stakeholder list on, in this diagram, we have our future customers and partners. And these are the, the, the customers or the stakeholders that need to respond to societal and market changes. You know, our customers also understand the need to be more sustainable, and we're trying to develop the solutions for them. If we move in an anti-clockwise direction, we next have the strategic decision makers. And these are the people that need to define the direction of Scania. The, uh, the, the, to secure a return on investment and to strengthen our position within sustainable transport ecosystems. You can conceptualize this as the executive board. And I think as we go further, I, I refer to the strategic decision makers in this way as the executive decision makers. On the other side, though, we have our tactical and operational decision makers. And these are the, the people that need to secure um, customer value in three to eight years, uh, three to eight years, maybe 10 years. It's the people that need to really operationalize the, the direction that the strategic decision makers have decided on. And at the bottom there, we have our colleagues. And these are the people that conduct the work, but are also at least according to us, are the people that are there to grow, to grow in terms of the skills they offer, to grow in terms of <clears throat> their own development as well. And so us in the research office are trying to provide value to all of these stakeholders. <clears throat> and in order to do that, <clears throat> excuse me, in order to do that, we in the uh, research office are offering quite a lot of things, two of the things I mentioned here. Uh, so what we're really trying to do is to sell our research direction with these executive managers, the strategic level I referred to previously, we also need to sell engagement with the research direction with that tactical and operational level. So what this all comes down to is we need to sell our plan or our direction. We in the research office need to set the direction for those research activities. And we need to sell this with the executive managers, those strategic decision makers. They need to agree on the direction, but we also need to sell the engagement with this plan with those tactical decision makers, the, the decision makers lower down in the organization. We also do a lot of other things in the research office like outreach, which is why I'm here. But it's these two things that I mentioned above that I'm gonna focus on, selling the research direction to the executive managers and selling that engagement. And we have two tools to help us with this. One tool is our technology roadmap. Uh, you can conceptualize this as a research roadmap. And we have our narratives or our stories. Um, so I will start with explaining the technology roadmap or the research roadmap. 
and the TRM narratives, the technology roadmap narratives of the stories are, are a one-to-one -one coupling with the roadmap. But I'll start with the roadmap. So unfortunately, I can't actually show you what our roadmap looks like, but I'm going to show you this representation of the roadmap. And there's a whole bunch of things to point out when I show you this. The first thing is that we have six different technology areas, and you see this on the left-hand side. Uh, connectivity, automation, human factors, vehicle design, electrification, and propulsion. So these six swim lanes, where each swim lane contains a number of targets. So we can just imagine that the connectivity has a target here, C2, to be uh, cyber secure at this point in time. Uh, automation has a target to secure self-driving in, in this specific kind of conditions. Um, vehicle design has a target to secure this amount of weight loss, electrification, this amount of power density. So we have these six different technology areas that have defined a number of targets for their swim lanes, where the targets describe a specific ambition at a specific point in time. Each target is owned by what we call a technology leader. So we have six technology leaders defining their roadmap for their technology area by creating a series of targets that describe a specific ambition at a specific point in time. In addition to this, we have a certain number of com common targets. Uh, these common targets here are high-level descriptions of where we want to be, and uh, you can conceptualize this as, uh, I can tell you, this is about uh, we want to have the right conditions for sustainable transport systems, and the target here is where we want to have these conditions integrated and optimized. They're high-level abstract common targets, essentially key words. So our research roadmap, as you can imagine, describing about a hundred, uh, what did I say, seventy, eighty million dollars worth of value, has quite a lot of detail behind it. <clears throat> and when we present this roadmap to the executive decision makers at Scania, we have a couple of issues. And the first issue is you can't always see that forest because you're too busy looking at the trees. Uh, presenting the TRM takes about two hours, and at the end of this, it's hard to retain an overall view of the portfolio. Uh, it's also that you cannot really tell where these research results will bring us. Practically speaking, what do these different targets add up to? Um, and additionally, while it's really valuable work, this roadmap, it's quite difficult to inspire people through that roadmap. And the last challenge is if we want to create a product, a common product, if we want all of these research activities to end up in something complete and holistic, we don't really have the tools to support us in that ambition. So to tackle some of these challenges, we started to work on the TRM narratives, technology roadmap narratives. And what these are is essentially descriptions of future possible technology created through the completion of the targets. And it serves different purposes for the different stakeholders. So for these strategic decision makers, the narratives provide an overview of what can be achieved through the individual targets. For our colleagues, the narratives provide an accessible and inspirational vision of the future. For my colleagues that create the roadmap, the technology leaders, the narratives are a tool to drive forward cross-domain collaboration. I come to this in just a second. And lastly, for those operational and tactical decision makers, well, then they should really refer to the specific roadmap. 
So again, this is how the roadmap looks. And what we want to do is we want to try and connect the dots on this roadmap to find a vision for the future and to communicate this vision in a more accessible way. In other words, if we look at these subset of targets, what can we actually achieve? All right. So how do we do this? Well, in our first workshop, we brought these technology leaders together and we tried to explain what well, we tried to explain the ambition and where we're trying to go. And that first workshop could really be defined by confusion. The different technology leaders had a difficult time understanding where we were going, what we we're trying to achieve, and what we were trying to achieve here. Um, where was disagreements on the value of this work, there's disagreements on what we were uh, aiming to deliver and different perceptions on the challenges we would have in, in moving forward. At the end of this workshop, we had some time to reflect, to synthesize the results and to redefine the problem space. We then ran a second workshop with the same contributors. And this workshop could be defined by a sense of discomfort. Uh, we had a better idea now of where we were going, but we had different opinions on how to get there. So the conflict now was very constructive. Oh, we should go this direction or that direction. We should solve this challenge or this challenge. Uh, so at least we had a common vision of where we're going, just different perspectives on how to get there. At the end of this workshop, similar thing, we had a chance to re uh, reflect, synthesize the results and refine not now just the problem space, but really the solution space as well. We also had the opportunity to visualize uh, where we were going with this story or this narrative. We then ran a third workshop, and I think this could be defined as consensus. We now agreed on the way forward. We could see the similarities in the different uh, technology leaders' perspectives on how to proceed and working together. Oh, so you're, you're thinking to bring this target into the story. All right, well, if we're going to aim for that target, then I need to make some adjustments to my targets. Either I change the date or change the content of the target. At the end of this third workshop, we could really... Uh, uh, refine the solution and to visualize it in a good way. And that's what I'll show you now is I'll show you the narrative uh, or the story. And unfortunately, there's a, there's a lot I can't show you here, but I will explain, explain it as best as I can. So this is how our, our narrative looks. Our story is called the champion of energy. And there's a few components to point out here. On the left-hand side, we have our story, Clara's journey, which you can see is broken down into a number, a number of basically chapters. On the bottom, we have the targets taken from that roadmap that are used to construct the story. And in the center, we have a visualization of the story. So essentially, we have this storybook here. So the left is the story, the bottom of the targets used to construct the story, and the center is a visualization. I will, I will read you some of the story. I, I can't show it to you, but our story is about Clara and Clara's journey. In chapter one, we talk about Clara and her vehicle that has excellent energy efficiency, lightweight design, which means she can have a smaller battery uh, compared to the competition. Uh, in the next chapter, we say that Clara's transport mission is going to change by 300 kilometers, so we can do a battery capacity increase, increasing or changing the battery modules. In the next chapter, we talk about uh, Scani is one of, we bring a little bit of drama into the story. We talk about that we're one of the most important providers after the great cyber attack of 2028 that destroyed a large amount of the competitive fleets. And then uh, predictive and planning guidance chapter, we talk how the truck recognize her uh, and connects all her gadgets and her devices 
we talk about the augmented reality head-up display and the artificial assistance, giving you the opportunity to work in a relaxed environment. And lastly, sustainability, we talk about how we create the vehicle with fossil-free steel and bio-lightweight plastics that feel modern and so on. So this is the narrative that we delivered. If I come and mention the highlights very quickly then, I can say that three kind of highlights. Uh, firstly, the value of the narratives as a development tool. When we proceeded with the narratives in the way I described to you, the narratives have been very valuable in helping us synchronize and uh, refine our targets. When we create that narrative based on the targets, as I said, we could look backwards and say, do we have the right timing of our targets to secure this as a complete solution? Have we got all the targets that we need? Secondly, the narratives have been great as a as a sales or an engagement tool. It's been easy to communicate and sell our ambition, our product, our research portfolio to those executive decision makers. Communicating through the narrative is much quicker and much more effective than communicating through that entire roadmap, the two-hour version of that. And lastly, the narratives, as you saw them now, are much more inspirational compared to that TRM roadmap, that whole research plan. And with this, it's much easier to engage and motivate the employees who actually do the work. So these are the three key highlights of how we used the narratives as a tool to sell our entire research portfolio. If I round that, I just have to say that the, we did this work uh, with huge contributions from my colleague, Eva Sandel. So I just mentioned her and give a shout out to her as well. And uh, that's where I leave it. Thank you so much, Steph. And thank you for not only getting up early, but also presenting whilst not well. I know you're you're not 100%. So uh, doubly appreciative of your effort today. Thank you so much. Um, we have a couple of questions, and we have a little bit of time if you're if you're willing. Um, sure. The. Innes has um, what feels like a, a, a two or three part question, but I'll, I'll pick part of it and, and go with that, which is, does Scania use the jobs to be done framework and outcomes driven innovation? And if so, what's been your experience with it? Wow, okay, Innes, I gotta say, I, I don't really recognize any of, the, any of the words you've, you've okay. written there. Uh, you, uh, jobs to be done framework, I'm not at all familiar with here. So yeah, okay. I'm to answer that one. Fair enough. Um, I'll go to uh, the other question then, which is, how do you do the tech roadmap? What's the approach you use? Do sure. you iterate on it often? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, okay, this one I can answer. So um, basically, the okay, we we update it yearly. So every mm -hmm. year um, there there is a revision of the roadmap, and every uh, year there is also a, a retrospective on how far we've come. So these are the two main milestones we have. Uh, around uh, November ish, we update the roadmap for the year ahead, and around April May ish, we have a retrospective on on how it went in the previous year. Um, each of those technology leaders uses uh, three approaches: top down, bottom up, and outside in. Uh, so they interview uh, members of the uh, very senior in the organization on their perspectives of the future, where we need to be heading. They run a series of workshops with the um, 
lowest levels of the organization, the people that do the work on their perspective, perspectives of where we need to be going. And they're all experts in the field. So they attend conferences, uh, read, write, attend conferences, and take this outside in perspective. And they construct the roadmap on behalf of the organization. So given where the organization is going, this is where we need to invest in. So it's this top-down, bottom-up, and outside-in approach to um, set forward this roadmap, uh, which is updated yearly. Uh, I have that questions answered in front of me, but they're jumping around a little bit. So I, I hope Sorry. I answered that question. Yeah, question. yeah, yeah, you did. And like I'm, I'm, I'm um, removing them as we're answering them. So like uh -huh. that's why they're, okay. they're disappearing. I had another one, though, um, which is how do you, like, what is the process of holding the sort of the engineering or, or tech teams to account in terms of delivering against the narrative? Um, like there's an interpretation or a bit of a gap there between the the story that's being told and the ambition that's communicated um, therein versus the nuts and bolts job of de developing those those technologies. Sure, I can answer that. So you're actually only getting a, a smaller bit of the bigger story. And the biggest yeah. story is, um, Scania is, we have certain scenarios about what the future could be like. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a nice, happy, peaceful future or a, a war-ridden future. We take two yep. extremes that are that are not our visions, but say that. So we have these yep. possible futures. <clears throat> Within these possible futures, we can uh, carve out different kind of transport industries or transport systems that we we chunk our work into. So we can talk about mm -hmm. uh, an inner city transport system or a uh, long haulage transport system. So we have okay. our global scenarios, we have our transport systems, mm -hmm. and then we have our, our narratives that are intended to describe products or solutions we could have in a transport system in a given future. And, on okay. the, and then kind of you, we're funneling down from this very broad possible ambiguous future to the transport systems, to the narratives, to the roadmap, mm -hmm. to the projects. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So there is this kind of funneling down here. Um, and then the projects is where we track things. Um, so okay. we have to have a have a kind of a, a faith in that the projects will add value to the roadmap, to the narratives. Yeah. The other thing to mention is that those narratives are not product plans. Yes. Okay. Um, they're not demonstration plans, they're not product plans. There is what we could achieve through the knowledge we acquire on that roadmap. The organization may choose to sell a different product. This is not mm -hmm. the ambition. The ambition with the narratives is explain what we could do through the knowledge we acquire in the roadmap. Uh, and uh, we must be careful not to represent that. We in the research office are supporting research activities. We're not dictating a product plan on the rest of the yeah, organization. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wonderful. Stas, thank you so much. Um, it, it's been uh, wonderful to hear from you. And once again, I do appreciate both you getting up early and doing it whilst ill. So uh, thank you so much. And hopefully the rest of your day is restful. Ah, thank you so much. And uh, thanks for being here. And I hope the rest of the day is, um, and the weekend is great for everyone as well. Thank you so much.